a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We had a conversation with James Singer. He is the co-founder of the Utah League of Native American Voters. He joined me on the program today on the occasion of this petition being circulated around those who would like to see the mascot changed at Bountiful High School. It is currently the Braves. In association with that mascot, there, there are claims of a number of traditions, uh, the wearing of headdresses and face paint and tomahawk chalk chops and such like that, which are offensive. Uh, it's claimed to the Native American community. So that debate is is swirling right now. Uh, we've covered it at length here, and we will continue to cover the developments uh, as they happen. But something that James Singer said, uh, it, it made me think, something I hadn't ever before considered. I, uh, in a past life, worked in Washington, D.C. Uh, for the the Committee on Natural Resources, the House Committee on Natural Resources, of which Rob Bishop for a time was the chairman and is currently the ranking member. In that capacity, I had a lot of interaction with the Department of the Interior and the, the Secretary's Office and the various agencies under the jurisdiction of the Department of the Interior. And this is the point that Mr. Singer made, which I had never before considered, and I haven't thoroughly worked it out in my mind quite yet, but, uh, but it did put me on a path. And I uh, can tell you, this afternoon I'm going to be looking into this and seeing uh, if I have any opinions that are similar to his. But what he said was this. He viewed it as inappropriate for the Department of the Interior to be the executive agency which oversees the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Why is that? Well, because the other agencies under the jurisdiction of the Department of the Interior include the Fish and Wildlife Service, the National Park Service, the Bureau of Land Management, the Bureau of Reclamation, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, the Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. And it was Mr. Singer's assertion that for an agency so important to the lives and livelihoods of real human beings that it ought not be included uh, in the Department of the Interior. Now, I don't yet have my thoughts worked out on that. I don't know. I also know, uh, I, I, rather, I do know that the Department of the Interior also has an Office of Insular Affairs. That refers to uh, the territories of the United States, so places like Puerto Rico and Guam and such like that. Those uh, you know, also involve... Uh, you know, lives and livelihoods of individuals. So I'll look at that. But what do you think? Do you think that this Department of the Interior, which is most known for its handling of public lands in the United States, should it also have jurisdiction over the Bureau of Indian Affairs? Interesting question. We'll, we'll, we'll debate that maybe later on. We'll reach out to some uh, representatives I know from the Department of the Interior, maybe speak with uh, some tribal leaders and such like that and see if, uh, see if it's appropriate for that bureau to be located within the DOI. Anyway, that is all a tangent. I apologize. Let's get back to the topic at hand, and it is coins. Coins. We're talking
talking about coins. Yeah, I laugh now. You just wait till we talk about TikTok later on. Yeah, producer Amy, uh, she's young and hip and convinced me that TikTok is a thing that uh, is worthy of, uh, of discussion. And, uh, and so we are going to hear from, we're going to hear from Mike Pompeo. We're going to hear from the FBI director. We're going to hear from all kinds of individuals weighing in on TikTok and whether or not here in the United States, we ought to take action uh, to ban the downloading of that app. Anyway, coins. Let's get to it. All right, coins. It was not that long ago there was uh, a hearing in the House Financial Services Committee where, appearing as a witness, was Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell. He was asked by Representative Rose, John Rose, asking Powell uh, if banks would be at any time running out of coins. I received news yesterday that makes me a little less encouraged and more concerned. I received a call from a bank alerting me to the fact that they have been notified at the beginning of this week by the Fed that they would only be receiving a small portion of their weekly order of coinage. According to this banker, his institution will likely run out of coins by Friday of this week or this weekend. And after some preliminary research, I found that many other banks across my district are having the same operational challenge. My fear is that customers who use these banks will react very poorly. And I know that we all don't want to wake up to, to uh, headlines in the near future that such as banks out of money. All right. Well, that's the question asked by the representative of the Federal Reserve chairman. We'll get to the chairman's response in just a moment. But let me just say that uh, something mentioned uh, by Representative Rose there is, in fact, true. The uh, the Federal Reserve did, in fact, put out uh, some guiding documentation uh, under the headline strategic allocation of coin inventories. Now, it makes reference to various formulas and distribution strategies as to how banks, commercial banks, community banks uh, and credit unions and thrifts, how they would be receiving coins. Uh, but you know, the, the, the exact calculations are, are nebulous and who's to know? Anyway, uh, Chairman Powell, he did respond to that question and he did acknowledge that, in fact, there is a problem. We've been aware of it. Uh, we're working with the Mint to increase supply and we're working with the reserve banks to get that supply where it needs to be. So we think it's a temporary, temporary situation. All right. Now, uh, well, I, b before I speculate, let's hear again from the chairman and see why he thinks this has happened. What's happened is that with the partial closure of the economy, the, the flow of coins through the economy has gotten all, it's kind of stopped. The places where you go to give your coins and get credit, get cash, get, you know, folding money, those, are, those have not been working. Stores have been closed. So the whole system of flow has, has kind of had come to a stop. We're well aware of this. We're working with the Mint and we're working with the Reserve Banks. And as the economy reopens, we're, you know, we're seeing coins begin to move around again. Whenever I hear the phrase folding money, you know what I think of? I think of the, the first time I ever heard it, uh, and this will show my age probably, but the first time I ever heard the phrase folding money was in that movie, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> and it was, and I forget the character's name, uh, but he says, uh, oh, some of your folding money's come unstowed <laughs> as they're driving down the road with the bank robber and, and uh, there's cash flying out the window. Some of your folding money's come unstowed. <laughs> Such a good movie. All right. Uh, listen, I'm trying to take this topic seriously. I swear I am. Uh, so coins, yeah, are we running out of them? Uh, COVID? Okay. Uh, so Amy and I this morning, producer Amy, 
we, we've been trying to figure this out. Is this an actual problem? Is this really something that is affecting my life and your life and the life of uh, vendors around town? And we thought, well, what are the businesses that lean on the usage of coins? What are the businesses that, uh, without coins, uh, may find themselves in difficult circumstances? And as I kind of took stock of where I do my shopping and how I affect my transactions, I couldn't remember the last time I used a coin. But we thought, well, you know what? Years ago, uh, when I was in, uh, when I was, when I was young, a young man at Brigham Young University, I, with very little money, would on occasion go with my friends to the Nickelcade. Well, uh, we, we couldn't get through to the Nickelcade. Doesn't seem like they have big problems there. But then we thought, next up, how about laundromats? Laundromats. Producer Amy uh, made a call over to Mile Visnich, owner of MV Coin Laundry in West Valley, asked very simply, have you seen any shortage of coins in your business? In my case, definitely is not a shortage. Pretty simple. She then asked, have you seen any changes in people able to pay with quarters since the virus started? Actually, I didn't see any difference uh, since we are working honestly for quarters. So far, everything is the same like used to be before the virus. All right. Now, that's certainly not a comprehensive study. It is the case of just one businessman in West Valley. But we've been hard-pressed to find where uh, this is really being felt. But it does bring up an interesting conversation, one that started, if I'm honest, years and years ago when I was walk working uh, with Doug Wright. He and I uh, did a piece. Uh, I was the producer, and he was the host, and we did this piece on television. We talked about, uh, honestly, the worthlessness of pennies. Yeah, pennies have nearly no worth. They have nearly no value. They they cost more to make. They cost the government more to make. Same is true for nickels. Now I think we can turn a little bit of a profit with dimes and quarters, but uh, not those little not those little monies. Are we moving towards a time where folding money, your folding money's come unstowed, and coins are on the way out? Have we moved beyond it? And is this coronavirus and the urging and the promptings of so many health officials and businesses that we use touchless payments like the cell phone or the credit cards, would that become the new standard? It certainly is the case for me.